Hi, White Sox fans. It's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 28 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have Taylor Strife, contributor to Redbird Rants. Uh, he's on to chat about the Cardinals. So, Taylor, hello. Please introduce yourself. Hey, Crystal. How's it going? Um, yeah, I'm First time I've, uh, I've I've guested on a podcast, so uh, this is uh, this is exciting for me. But yeah, live here in St. Louis. Uh, been here, was born and raised here. Lived in Chicago for quite a bit of time as well. And while I was there, I was an avid White Sox fan. So uh, I'm happy to be here today. Yeah, this will be fun <laughs> with your with your two teams. That are yeah, both, uh, both not great right now. Yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle to uh, uh, get behind either of these teams this summer, but, um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, you know, just slowly becoming like a big Reds fan, I think. They're at least I, fun to watch. I don't know. I don't know if I can go that far, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I was kind of behind the Pirates there for a minute, but... Um, I, I think I'm still going to stick with, with my teams, unfortunately. <laughs> I do I do enjoy the Pirates because where mm. I'm at, we have their farm team here. Oh, so right. You see a lot of, you know, Pirates rehabbing or, you know, minor league players that are now on the Pirates. So that's a lot definitely. Of All right. So let's. Let's talk about your Cardinals. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, National, <laughs> the National League Central, kind of a bummer. Um, as we're recording, only two teams are above 500 in this division. They also happen to be tied for first. So that's, you know, the Brewers who have who've been on a tear and the very red hot Reds. Yes. <laughs> the Cubs and Pirates are pretty much tied. And then the Cardinals are, what, like, I think nine and a half games back at this point. So what on earth is going on in St. Louis? Well, it could be a number of things. Um, you know, losing Yadier Molina was a bigger, um, had such a, it was a much bigger impact than I think anybody anticipated. I think the front office really didn't anticipate this kind of drop off in terms of how reliant the pitching staff really was on Molina. And then also the fact that, you know, it just seems like there's a complete just disconnect throughout the entire organization, whether it's from the top with John Mozeliak, who's been there for 15 years or, or even longer. Um, and he's going to be leaving, uh, I think in a couple of years when his contract ends, you know, he even said at the beginning of the year, this is more of a transition year for the front office. And we're kind of seeing the effects of that, I think as well, you know, a lot of the decisions being made there, you know, obviously Mozeliak still has final say, but you know, we're seeing more and more, you know, questionable decisions, I think, uh, in terms of just roster construction or personnel, things like that. It just starts at the top and it's definitely causing a ripple effect. Um, I think fans are frustrated with uh, the lack of accountability there. And then Ali Mermal, um, it's clear right now that something is wrong with his management style or something. Um you know, he's got questionable bullpen decisions all around. Um, you know, we had a game last night again where, um, you know, it seemed like Michael is, was cruising. You know, he says there was loud contact throughout the game, which there was, but takes him out, puts Payante in, um, skip counters with Yuli Gurriel, and we end up losing the game. And it's another excruciating game to lose. Um and that's been part of the frustration with the season as well, where we're losing close games, but we seem to be losing close games in every single way possible. And I think it's, you know, we kind of got out of that rut. I think maybe it was in May and then we just went right back into the bad habits. So it's been a frustrating year for sure that you see the names on these, on this roster and you'd think there's no way that, that they're, that they're playing this bad, but apparently we've found a way. So I apologize for the text message sound. If you heard that, but <laughs> my bad, but uh, in, in any case, we are collectively as an organization and a fan base, I think very frustrated with how things are going this year. And there's no real answers. 
You know, I mean, the last time this team was this bad was 1989 or 1990 and Whitey was on his way out. A lot of people were, you know, the, the, uh, the team had just been taken over by um, uh, Gussie's um, son and he didn't care about baseball. He just cared about the brewery <laughs> and, you know, wasn't spending money on the team was trading away. Everybody Whitey went to the front office, you know, there was excuses there. There's really no excuse for this team to be as bad as they are right now. And I think that's why we're all collectively frustrated. I feel that completely on every <laughs> single level as a Roy right. Sox fan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're kind of just sitting in the exact same boat, mm-hmm. paddling up shore. Right. And and I think that there's some parallels there. Um, you know, you guys lost Abreu mm-hmm. in the offseason. And Abreu, from all the time that I had spent in Chicago, was always sort of the cornerstone of, of that team. And losing Abreu just as a clubhouse leader also, you know, had to have had an effect. And I do have, you know, some questions about – I questioned the uh, – um, the hiring of, uh, um, I don't even know who the new manager is, to be honest with you. <laughs> Pedro Grifol. That's what I was going to say. I was like, please get this right. If I'm not going to, I just wasn't going to even attempt it. But um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't understand why not give Miguel Cairo the chance after, you know, he kind of took the team in a different direction after mm-hmm. Larusa decided to sit out the, the, the last season. You know, it was kind of mind-boggling and then I think a lot of us Cardinals fans are a little boggled at the fact that you know Skip Schumacher was not given an interview or um you know ahead of 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 Marmol or in kind of you know conjunction it was just sort of like oh Marmol's our guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and now Skip Schumacher's having a great season in, in, in Miami with with little to no help so you know we're yeah it's interesting yeah, I can't name like five players on the Marlins right now that I'm like super familiar with. <laughs> right, and exactly. Because you know, baseball is my personality. So, right. Oof. Um. So, do you see the Cardinals climbing up anymore by the time we get to like September, mid-September? So, so the joke around baseball is kind of they're the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we always find a way, but it's just one of those seasons where it seems like even local media fans, you know, a lot of us just want to punt. I mean, we went through this with the Blues this year where, um, you know, if you're not familiar, it's the hockey team. (laughs) Um, But, you know, where we started out bad, then we went on an eight game or nine game win streak. And we're like, oh, this this, this looks like it could be a fun team. And then it just went downhill. And then we ended up trading away most of the Stanley Cup champions that were still on the team. And now people are talking about trading away guys like Paul Goldschmidt. And that's something that's pretty unfathomable. I don't think will happen. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> but, um, you know, people like to, to dream or, or think about scenarios, what we could get back in terms of a haul for, for someone like that. But, I don't think that will happen. Um, if we can somehow finish the season at 500, I think that that will be a um, – I think that's the goal at this yeah. point. Forget <laughs> winning forget winning the Central. You know, finish at 500 and get some momentum going into 2024 because there's I, – I, I don't think that – I think the most realistic expectation is finishing at or around – 500. I would be happy if this team finishes five games under 500, if I'm going to be honest with you. Just with the hole that we dug ourselves in April, mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't make sense to, to, to think at this point, nine games back, hey, we can win this thing. Unless some super major trades are made, um, you know, at the trade deadline. So Yeah. So what happened to that devil magic? Oh, <laughs> that's a really good question. It just seems like we're, we're, it does seem like we're out of it. Um, and it's interesting because we always have like one player a year that, that seems to um, sort of 
embrace the devil magic a little bit. And when Mercado came up or when we brought Mercado up um, and Oscar Mercado is who I'm, I'm speaking of. And he was a guy we traded away uh, to Cleveland and, you know, he had a couple good years there and then kind of fell off the, the face of the earth. We brought him up and he was kind of a lightning bolt, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, he played well. And then again, another personal personnel decision or something that obviously came from the front office um, where he just wasn't playing anymore. And you're like, he had a stretch of three games there or a series where it was unbelievable. Um, you know, you're stealing bases. He was getting on base, you know, uh, he was playing good defense. Um, and then all of a sudden he's not playing and you just wonder what, what happened there. Um, and he seemed like the prime candidate for Cardinals devil magic and I don't think that they gave him a fair shot. No. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we've seen stranger things uh, with this with the Cardinals. I mean, obviously 2011, and people are like, "Oh, 2011, it's a total anomaly," you know, you know, because you know they had to come back in September and stuff. Like, who knows? Maybe they go on a run like that again. Mike Schilt had a 17 game winning streak to get into the playoffs in 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 2021, and and. Uh, then was somehow fired. (laughs) I don't know how you do that, but, but, you know, you never know. I mean, that's what makes baseball, I think, in my opinion, the most beautiful thing, because you just never know. I mean, I am wrong on all my predictions this year and, and the teams that are supposed to be good are bad. Mm -hmm. And, and you have teams like Pittsburgh starting out the season 16 and eight, and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's something that you just would never see. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the, the new balance schedule or, or, or anything like that, but yeah, it just seems like it's just an uphill battle and whatever devil magic is there. If it does happen to, you know, kind of, kind of peak out during uh, August and September. Hey, I'll be happy with that. But again, I think the most realistic expectation for this, this Cardinals team is that they finish somewhere around 500. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have, like, if you had to pick today, do you mm-hmm. have an MVP candidate on this uh, Cardinals team? I mean, obviously you got, well, it's funny. Cause I mean, Arnado is an all-star starter. Um, but his defense has taken a a bit of a step back, um, you know, uh, and you don't know if that's a mental thing or if it's just that, you know, he is 31 now. Um, and then Goldschmidt seems to be playing just at his, at his, he's just Goldie, you know, that's why we, that's why we signed him. I mean, we, we, that's why we traded for him and, and gave him the extension we did is because he's so consistent. You can pencil him every it, pencil him in every day. Um, so between the two of them, I'd say Arnado has the edge, but really he's, I mean, these guys are just playing the way that they're playing. And for some reason, um, it's just the, the team around them can't get it done. Uh, Gorman would be another guy, Nolan Gorman, our second baseman. He would be another guy that, uh, um, I could easily put in the MVP conversation, but he just dropped off the face of the earth the last two or three weeks, uh, made a terrible play in London to uh, (laughs) an international audience where it was very clear that he was still jet lagged. (laughs) So, you know, I would say that in order, it would definitely be Arnato, Goldie, and then Nolan Gorman. Um, But like I said, it's hard to pick an MVP <laughs> for a yeah. team that's uh, that's this bad. So yeah, I keep hearing like, oh, we should trade Luis Robert and we'll get so much back. And I'm like, no, that's the only good player we have right now. <laughs> Please, it's, somebody else, someone absolutely. else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on that end, mm-hmm. who would you put on the trading block? Well, there's so many people um, that want us to trade. Goldie, but I can't, I can't justify that whatsoever. I mean, that's actually one of our Twitter questions is oh, like, great. what's the likelihood of Goldie getting moved? I say it's pretty small. I think that they will entertain the idea and 
I think you know how Mo um, Mazalik, uh, how he just sort of operates. He loves to f- try to fleece teams, mm-hmm. and if he can think, if he can fleece a team um, <laughs> in turn in using Goldie as the trade chip, I think he will. But I don't think there's anybody that you know. I mean, after the Arenado trade, which is by far the biggest mistake I think the Rockies have ever made um, <clears throat> in terms of just what they got back from us and giving us $50 million to boot. Um, you know, I think everyone is very familiar with how John Mazalik operates around the league and they're not going to take, you know, they're not going to let him kind of get away with highway robbery. Um, and, you know, I don't think Goldie gets traded. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, I think it's, he loves St. Louis. He can veto any trade as well. Yeah. He does have a no trade clause. So, and, and uh, I've only met him once and that was a very random time <laughs> where he was at the restaurant that uh, I work at. Um, and uh, he was just telling me how much he actually loves St. Louis. So Aww. I can't imagine that, um, that he wants to go anywhere. Um, but you know, we'll see. I think that at the end of the day, he ends up actually getting an extension of some sort and has a uh, Matt Holiday type career here where, you know, good player, um, maybe a Hall of Famer, maybe a Cardinals Hall of Famer, um, you know, which is a fan vote. But, um, you know, we'll see in terms of other players on the trading block. <clears throat> um, definitely anybody that has um, free agency impending. So I'm talking Jordan Montgomery, you know, who's arguably, you know, was our ace at the end of the year last year. Came Coming into the season, had high expectations. Not great, but, you know, he's a third or fourth starter on, on a lot of teams. Um, can give, you know, a contender, you know, another good, you know, fiery pitcher to have in their arsenal. Um uh, that also goes with Jordan Hicks, who's been pitching lights out. But it's like, why do we need him <laughs> if we're if we're nine games, ten games out, and we have games like we did last night where we blew the lead again? You know, obviously he can come in if the game's four to two, but you know, here it is. Uh, I, I mean, in the ninth inning, and you know, Jordan has shown that he can be a a, a high end closer. So I think that's very valuable to a contender it's just a matter of what we can get back for him uh dylan carlson switch hitting high end defender has never really progressed the way that i think that the cardinals have wanted him to in terms of his bat but you know he's a great defender um and he's also a switch hitter he's just an overall good athlete um you know he was a central part of the juan soto trade talks but not just Dylan Carlson, and again, let me reiterate reiterate this for uh, you know Cardinals fans uh, is that um, not only was it Dylan Carlson, but it was Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, all those young guys. You know, that's the kind of talent that we had to give up to to get Juan Soto, who is not playing particularly well for San Diego either. So um, maybe we dodged a bullet there, but at the same time, definitely put Dylan Carlson. <clears throat> on the trading block. I think the Cardinals are still very um, just, they're so scared to give up their young talent after what happened with Randy Rosarena. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was sort of an instantaneous thing. It took Lane Thomas about six years to kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think most front offices are going to be that patient. So, I mean, to get rid of Lane Thomas when we did for J.A. Happ um, was, I think that was a few years ago, you know, was was the right move um, at the time. But now people are looking at it and they're like, oh, look at Lane. He's an all-star. It's like, well, would you have wanted to wait six years for that? And this could be one year of great production from Lane Thomas as well. Um, so I think just because of what has happened in the past, this front office is not going to trade any of the young talent. I think they're going to avoid trading Mason Wynn at all costs. They'll try to get rid of either uh, Brendan Donovan, uh, 
unfortunately, who's injured right now. He has an arm injury. So we'll see what happens there. And then we have Tommy Edmond, who's just playing gold glove defense all over the place. Um, I think he's a great trade chip, but I, I don't want to put him on the block. But I'd say definitely any of our impending free agents, Jack Flaherty, for sure, um, who may benefit from a change of scenery. Yeah. Um, you know, say he does end up going to a contender and pitching lights out. Well, big surprise. <laughs> I would yeah. on the White Sox personally. You would. I would. So <laughs> you would take Jack Flaherty. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, what would you give up? I don't know. See, that's the thing. I never <laughs> know what I'm going to give up, but like, right. you know, just kind of have your people call my people and we would take okay. that off your hand. You would, you would take Jack off of my hand. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because, well, I know Jack and Lucas Giolito were high school teammates yeah. and I've, I've had this, you know, I'm not trying to jump ahead or anything, but I've had this sort of scenario where I'm like, well, what if he gets somebody familiar like yeah. Jolito on the squad, you know, in the, in our, in our pitching rotation, what does that do for us? Um, you know, I think the goal with Cardinals fans, with the White Sox is always to get um, uh, uh, Dylan Cease. And I is actually at Dylan's debut um, the first game he ever pitched um, in the big leagues. And that was amazing because you know, I've never seen a ball break <laughs> the way that his curveball does. But, you know, I've always been high on Dylan Cease. And then he has that monster year last year. And now some people are like, oh, he's, you know, he wouldn't be the ace on the Cardinals. It's like, I think he would just based on stuff alone. And people will argue with me and say, no, you know, you know, just based on stuff alone doesn't make him the ace. I'm like, in this case, it would. It would definitely, you know, inject some sort of fire into this you know, sort of tepid pitching staff that we have. So. Right. Yep. Well, we can move on to some of the fun Twitter questions. Oh, sometimes, lovely. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes, you know, they're they are, <laughs> they can be more serious. Right. Um, the first one, um, Tyrone said, I feel like the Cardinals are one of the only few teams that have never had a true teardown rebuild. So are fans open to one now? Oh, uh, no, um, <laughs> I, I can clearly say that now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always make the joke, you know, best fans in baseball, um, you know, and, and it is somewhat true because this team is struggling and there's still 40,000 fans, you know, coming in every night. Um, now with, um, that being said though, you know, if this team were to truly like blow it all up, um, we get rid of Goldie. And if you get rid of Goldie, you have to get yeah. rid of Arenado. You blow it up. You have to blow it up. Um, Arenado's not going to want to be here if if that's the case. And we got to, you know, essentially just give Arenado away. You know, he has a lot of um, back-ended money on his contract. So um, that's just giving that player away and we're still paying him. <laughs> and I don't think that's something anyone wants to be on the hook for. But anyway. Um, yeah, if you're going to blow it up, blow it up. Um, and I don't think this team or this city is going to want to, um, you know, put up with hundreds of losses for a year. They're just not. Um, uh, and the Cardinals are such a central part of St. Louis, just even in terms of culture, the economy. I mean, you know, I mean, they talk about the DeWitts are, who are the, our owners, um, are very, you know, high on saying, Hey, we, uh, um, you know, we're revitalizing downtown. Well, if your team sucks, <laughs> you're not going to be revitalizing downtown because there's nobody that's going to be, be showing up. And, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's no chance that this team rebuilds. They definitely retool. Um, and I think it should be a wake up call for the DeWitts, um, to actually spend some money here. Yeah. I mean, the, the team is worth, you know, something in the billions when it was purchased for millions, um, you know, and DeWitt is famously quoted as saying, oh, baseball's not a profitable business. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw that look on your face. Um, and, 
you know, that could be true, but you know, if, if I feel like the Cardinals with the way that they spend money and the fact that um, they are where they are right now in terms of payroll 15th, um, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of scary situations definitely in terms of the uh, regional sports networks, we are part of Bally and Bally went down the train. So, uh, you know, there's some fear there for sure. But at the same time, it's like, there's no excuse. We've just been dropping in payroll every year since about 2018 or 2019. And there's really no excuse for that. If you're packing the ballpark, you know, 45,000 fans almost every day. So uh, retooling will, will definitely be a thing. I think you will see the front office spend some money this year on uh, um, some pitching finally, (laughs) but we've been asking for that since 2019. (laughs) But uh, um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll see, but no rebuild, definitely a retool. Yeah, that's fair. And it's funny. It used to be so fun to watch St. Louis because as a kid, you had the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, mm-hmm. home run, steroid, yep. derby, a blast. Like, I am in favor of bringing back steroids if we could get <laughs> another McGuire, Sosa era. And ba- I was actually just telling my kids about this. I was like, yeah, like, it's cool now. You've, you've got hitters. You've got, like, Luis Robert. You've got all these cool home run hitters. But, man, was it just a blast to just plop down in front of the TV and watch those two just duke it out. I was very lucky as um, like a nine or 10 year old kid then um, and got to go see Mark McGuire do that in person a lot. And that was, those were home runs in old Bush stadium that (laughs) you never saw. I mean, you'd see some stuff from like, you know, guys like Ray Lankford, uh, you know, gets over the wall, you know, but like McGuire was, it just sounded different mm-hmm. and it looked different. So yeah. <laughs> that's, then, that's funny. <laughs> then, you know, I moved to my twenties, my early twenties and you've mm-hmm. got Albert Pujols like putting on a clinic. I remember sitting, I was actually pregnant with my mm-hmm. oldest at the time. I was like eight months pregnant, sitting in the bleachers, completely miserable at Wrigley mm-hmm. Field, which is easy to be miserable there anyway. But I watched Albert hit five home runs and, you know, they beat the Cubs nine to one. My ex was not thrilled because he was, you know, the big Cubs fan. But I was just like, I couldn't imagine at the time, like having someone like that on a team that I love because he was just so good. for so mm-hmm. long. <laughs> right. And, and again, I think the best era of Cardinals baseball that I saw was what we call the MV3, which was Jim Edmonds in center field, mm-hmm. Scott Rowland at third base, who is a Hall of Famer now, yeah. and Albert Pools, who, if he is not a unanimous Hall of Famer, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have words with uh, Brian Kenny. Yes. Because <laughs> he do. seems he seems like the type that would not vote for, yeah. for Albert Pools' uh, first ballot, first year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was – I think about it sometimes and I get really nostalgic about it. Cause I'm like, man, that was the best baseball I've ever seen. You had Tony La Russa too, who was just, yeah. you know, he was ahead of the head, uh, ahead of the curb, you know, for a really long time until he wasn't until he came back to the Sox. <laughs> exactly. Which is again, another puzzling move. Uh, Jerry, um, I don't really get that one, mm-hmm. but I, maybe, maybe you're just trying to, uh, um, you know, say sorry, make some amends there, but uh, that was. was, that was, that was not the move for that young team. No. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> but the Cardinals, they definitely, you know, it's just, it's a shame, you know, to, to kind of see where what's happened this year, you know? Um, yeah. Right. This one, we, we've kind of already talked about this, but it mm-hmm. made me laugh. Uh, Jordan, who, she lived in Colorado for a bit, so she kind of mm-hmm. got used to the Rockies. Uh, she asked, how did fans feel about the Arenado trade in terms of just fleecing the Rockies? Oh, I mean, we all knew as <laughs> if you're if we're if we're talking like true hardcore Cardinals fans, especially with like the Redbird Rants crew mm-hmm. that 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 I work with, you know, we we knew right from the we were like, there's no way. Like, you know, we thought that at least somebody 
you know, like Nolan Gorman or Tyler O'Neill. Um, that's actually another person I forgot to mention on the trade block for us, but he's been hurt most of the year. So right. it's kind of hard to kind of talk about a guy who hasn't contributed much, but anyway, um, you know, we had, we thought that a guy like Nolan Gorman or Tyler O'Neill had to have gone. And instead it was, you know, um, some pretty low rated prospects and a guy um, who's known for throwing curveballs, Austin Gomber, who's going to a place where curveballs die. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on top of it, they were giving the Cardinals $50 million just to, to take Nolan Arenado. And it was sort of like, what, I mean, is I, I, I'm guessing that their baseball evaluation and their scouting was pretty atrocious to yeah. think that uh, Montero, um, I have a tr- I have trouble saying his first name. It's like Alurius or something like Alurius yeah. Mon- Montero was yeah. going to replace the production of of someone like um, uh, Nolan Arenado. It's just oh. impossible, and and we all knew for sure that that we got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a shame though that you know things haven't panned out the way that we have hoped in the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, he had a couple, he, he's, it's sort of frustrating for him. It has to be because um, you look at some of his hard hit rates and stuff and they're just way up there in terms of the, 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 I'm not a big analytics guy, but, but, you know, when you look at some of the advanced metrics, you know, his hard hit rates, um, you know, expected on base percentage, things like that. Like, you know, you wonder how unlucky this guy is getting sometimes, especially in the playoffs um, last year, you know, had a ball that he hit right on the button and the wind kept it in the park and it would have mm-hmm. been a three run over for the Cardinals against the Phillies. And that would have completely changed the outcome of that, of that series, in my opinion. But, you know, we knew we got away with something. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, and you know, the Rockies, they also brought in poor Chris Bryant to come like die at third base. Oh, and then man. he was injured for most of last season. I'm just like, what was the point of that? And he, he never to home or what? Ah, uh, who knows? Um, you know, I don't think if you're Chris Bryant, you can tear, you can, you know, say no to that contract. No, no, but, he's set but, for life. But exactly, but but at the same time, the way that I I'm thinking about that, it's just like the guy hasn't. The guy's hit what one home run? Yeah, at Coors Field, not been great. And, and he's hurt, obviously. And and there were scouts that were, were saying around the league, you know, front office types, you know, saying that he took a dip. So who knows what's going on. He's not even playing third base, I think. I think he's yeah, playing he's left field. Now. Yeah, <laughs> kind of rotates, but yeah. Right. It's kind of, it's just, it is a shame. So Poor Chris Bryant. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> One question was, yeah. you know, does, does Ollie get fired? Hmm. No, he does not. Not at least at the, not at any point during this season. Um, and I don't think unless something happens again, (laughs) where there's some, there's a, okay. So there's a lot of questions as to what happened with Mike Schilt. Right. And he's alluded it. He's alluded to it a bunch where he said, I thought I was comfortable to say anything. And obviously I wasn't. So something he said during a meeting or or something, maybe end of year kind of stuff, s- caused John Mazzalek to go in a different direction. And I could see that maybe happening again with Marmel. But I think Marmel's young enough where he knows that his job is always on the line. Um, and if they do fire him, they're admitting that they messed up again. And there is no accountability with this front office, it seems like that's just, it, it seems like, you know, there was a little bit the other day in an interview with Mazalik saying, could we have done more with, you know, the pitching, you know, you know, hindsight's 2020. So yes, <laughs> of course, but you know, them firing Marmel or, or even trading Goldschmidt is an admission of failure. And that's mm-hmm. not what this front office does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a theory that Pedro was hired 
as mm -hmm. a scapegoat for this team anyway, because we, oh. we all know that Rick and Kenny will not go anywhere. They will never take the blame for this egg on their face. So Pedro right. was brought in knowing he doesn't have that kind of coaching experience. But mm -hmm. again, like you said, you know, it also just proves that once again, they, they hired the wrong guy if they do fire him. So they're kind of in this like catch 22 this year of do we let him go and or what do we do? Yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, a big thing that was such a different kind of, you know, situation with with Schilt was, you know, yes, Schilt always made some questionable decisions, but he tightened up the team. Like not just within the locker room, you know, giving guys the confidence that they need and penciling them in every day. Guys like Dexter Fowler and Colton Wong who were struggling at the time. Um, but then, you know, just had a different attitude than Mike Matheny had a different attitude with the media. Um, you know, you could just tell that something was different. And then we've kind of gone, <laughs> kind of gone back a little bit in terms of the way that uh, Oliver Marmel handles the the media handles the clubhouse um you know he had that whole public spat with tyler o'neill at the beginning of the year you mm -hmm. know it's very public and to the point where the athletic is talking about it um you know not just katie Wu, but but ken rosenthal <laughs> and then you have guys on on mlb network talking about it um that's not a good look um at all and then Again, Wilson Contreras, another public spat. Um, him not catching for the team, things like that. It's just brutal. It is so brutal. And and you know, you, you, there's some front office, um, you know, stuff there for sure. But I believe that at the end of the day, it has a lot to do with the way that Oliver Marmel manages people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, we are going to take just a very quick break to pay yeah. some bills, and we will be back with a series breakdown. This is where I awkwardly vamp. Okay. In case you're on YouTube. All right. All right. Welcome back. I am Crystal O'Keefe. I, again, am here to talk with Taylor. We're going to break down this White Sox card series now. So the White Sox, um, clearly very, very down bad in pitching we have mm -hmm. no idea who will be pitching in this series just yet. Really? <laughs> I was not aware of that. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I looked up the probable pitchers just even before this episode to see like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe there's an update. No, nothing. Oh, my um, gosh. But you have Miles and Jordan. So mm -hmm. what can you tell me about them? Well, Miles Michaelis, um, you know, he was he got an extension at the beginning of um, – Sorry, I lost our tab. I don't know where it went. Oh, no. oh there it is. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, um, I, uh, um, so Miles Michaelis, here we go. Um, so he was given an extension at the beginning of the year, you know, um, kind of, you know, we kind of, we, he was another bargain bin guy. Here's the thing about the, the Cardinals front office. They love these bargain bin guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he pitched in Japan. Um, uh, we, he had a great season for us, uh, that first year that he came back from Japan. Um, and then we, uh, um, we gave him an extension at, at a, at a pretty good bargain. We re-signed him this year, uh, during spring training for $40 million, <laughs> you know, so that's not cheap. Yeah. You know, we're paying him like he would be our ace. And, um, at times he has shown his brilliance. Um, but at the same time, he's having a hard season. Um, you know, I went to the opening day game where it just seemed like he was struggling to put anybody away with two strikes. It seemed like every batter knew what was coming mm -hmm. with two strikes. Um, and he is a guy that will fill up the strike zone. Um, that's kind of just the cardinal way of, of, of pitchers. You know, you're not big strikeout guys, contact let your defense take care of it. Um, and unfortunately everybody in the league just seems to be hitting the ball where the players aren't. Right. So uh, Michaelis is struggling. Um, but 
against a team like the White Sox that are also struggling, you expect him to step it up. Um, in terms of Jordan Montgomery, um, you know, again, probably our ace uh, when he was traded over uh, from the Yankees last year. Um, another guy that I thought was in line for an extension, wanted an extension. Um, I don't think those talks ever really went anywhere during spring training, unfortunately. Um, another guy that fills up the strike zone um, and is going to induce a lot of contact but has been so inconsistent, you know, but you wonder, you know, if it's a mental thing, you know, it seemed like the other day against uh, the Yankees, you know, going against his former team that said, Hey, goodbye. We don't need you anymore. Right. He kind of stepped it up and, and went into this other mode and you're like, okay, that's the Jordan Montgomery that we expect. And um, you know, it's, you just don't know what you're going to get every day. And it is, with, with some of these pitchers and it is so frustrating. So. I get that. We, you know, had a game recently where Lance Lynn, you know, matched his record high 16 strikeouts and the White Sox still lost. Uh, and Lance I, has been, you know, awful as of late. I saw Chris Sale strike oh. out 16. Um, I don't remember, I guess, what, what would that have been? 2016 or 2017. And then, um uh they blew it. <laughs> yep. I don't know how you let your starting pitcher strike out 16 and and you blow it, but you know, it happens. Chris Dale <laughs> is my favorite problematic athlete. Nice. All is forgiven when yes. I get to watch him pitch. I yeah, I it was a very cool thing to see. I've never seen 16 strikeouts. It was awesome. I was sitting in the bleachers. I was having a great time until the eighth inning. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> right. So with this, what are your keys for the Cardinals to take this series? Um, don't get down early. Um, I think that we are one of the worst teams in baseball. I have to, I, again, I'm not a huge numbers guy. Um, a huge, like, you know, analytics guy, but I think, believe that we're one of the worst teams in baseball in terms of like giving up runs in the first couple innings. Mm -hmm. um, we're always clawing back and, you know, our offense unfortunately is not consistent enough to know that, Hey, if we're down two to nothing in the first inning, are we going to be able to come back for this <laughs> or from this? Um, you know, it's just, we can't get down early. Um, and, you know, just, Take advantage of playing a team that's also struggling. Um, that's That was a huge issue with, um, you know, Mike Matheny's teams was uh, that we would beat the really good teams, uh, like the Dodgers. And, and you know, at the time, um, and then lose to teams like the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> and that's kind of what's been going on here too. It's like, you know, uh, well, we did get smacked around by Houston, but we won that first game in the series and it looked like a very tight, tight, you know, buttoned up win. Mm -hmm. And then we get smacked around the next couple of days. Um, but, you know, I think the thing is, is taking advantage of playing, you know, uh, struggling teams uh, is a big thing. And that's what's, you know, we've got to capitalize when we, when, when the opportunity is there. Yeah, the White Sox almost got swept by the A's, mm -hmm. you know, past weekend. In fact, they nearly did. They they nearly lost that last game. They won by a whole run. Oh. So. <laughs> and again, we looked amazing on opening day. We beat the Astros on national TV. So mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, the season's going to be great. And then, like, plummeted for the next 10 games. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, just this this team just, you know, I could see it <laughs> being one of those things where we, we could see some pretty sloppy, poor baseball in this series, which is unfortunate, but um it's just this just the way just the way the game goes sometimes. Yeah. So do you have a big threat right now on this Cardinals team that could really just take out the White Sox one fell swoop? 
Hmm. I mean, if Nolan Gorman gets back into what he was doing, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, for sure. Um, it seemed like he was taking out every team. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he had that great series against Boston, which kind of penciled him in to start playing every day, not just against righties, but against the lefties as well. Um, you know, that was a huge step up for him. If he gets back to where he was, this team is a completely different team. But again, <laughs> here's the thing. You just never know what you're getting from these guys. And, you know, um, it's obvious to all of us that are fans that Gorman is an elite hitter if he's right. But when he's not right, he's one of the worst in the league. There's no really, you know, kind of slight drop off like you see from Goldie or, or Arnato at times, you know, but I mean, he really tanks <laughs> when he tanks. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult, but I think, yeah, Nolan Gorman is the biggest, still the biggest X factor on this team, uh, you know, and yeah, we haven't really seen, you know, too terribly too much of Jordan Walker uh, this year, That's right. but yeah. you know, I wish he would, I, I still question again, another front office de decision. I question is, is sending him down to sort of fix something that wasn't necessarily broken to begin with. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, uh, you just never know. But I think that, yeah, X Factor, someone that could take out the White Sox would be um, any of those. I mean, definitely Gorman, but like, you know, if Goldie's hot, Arnado's hot for sure. So definitely not our pitching. I can't speak for that. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a mid off of pitching, I feel like. Right. Um, so would you say like the inconsistency is your biggest fear heading into this series? Oh yeah. Always. I mean, with, uh, that, and then just our bullpen is just a mess. Um, you know, I can't, you know, can't trust anybody out there. It seems, you know, you got, you know, sure. You got all the guys. Um, I think someone who's completely underutilized in, in the Cardinals bullpen is, uh, um, Chris Stratton. I think that he is, you know, He's definitely a trade candidate, which sucks because um, mm -hmm. he was a trade. He pitched really well for Pittsburgh last year. That's where we got him um, along with Quintana. Um, and, you know, we had, you know, we had a chance to make a run. Uh, we held on to Stratton um, or I don't know if Stratton's arbitration eligible or, or what, but um, okay. in any case, we held on to him and, uh, um, he's pitched very well. I think he's completely underutilized. Um, you know, he had a game the other night where, you know, got three outs on nine pitches and then they took him out of the game and we lost. <laughs> and, and you wonder what, what is that all about? Um, but yeah, uh, Andre Piante, you know, or Piante, excuse me, you know, came in last night, blew up the game. Um, you know, and another guy throws 97, 98 miles an hour goes to show you it doesn't matter how hard you throw these yeah. days it's just you know um if you put it right down the plate major league hitters are going to hit it yeah so please stop throwing meatballs at the best hitters right exactly <laughs> <laughs> or walking them for that matter yeah. that's that's a oh, huge yeah. thing with the cardinals too it's like you know <clears throat> every once in a while i won't catch the beginning of a game and i'll turn it on the bases are loaded <laughs> and i'm like oh not surprised um, you know, I'll just turn this off. So walks uh, will always haunt. <laughs> mm -hmm. always. And, it, it, and it definitely seems like, and it, it's kind of a rule of baseball that if you walk the leadoff hitter of an inning, it is inevitable that they will score. Yeah. So, you know, keep it, keep it inconsistencies all across the board. Um, I think that if the offense is clicking, they may be able to save us <laughs> in this series. But again, you just never know. I mean, it's all, it seems for the past few years that it's been peaks and valleys mm -hmm. with the Cardinals offense. Either they score 11 runs against the Yankees uh, or they score two. <laughs> so before we talk about just a brief little um, kind of MLB in general, who do you think is going to end the year with the better record with these two teams? 
<laughs> oh man. Who might um, reach maybe three games back of 500? <laughs> well, um, what I was not aware of was the uh, the total loss of pitching with um, the White Sox. Now, the White Sox, I feel like, unless they get a really good deal, they're not going to trade away Dylan Cease. Right. They're not going to trade away – well, they could trade away Giolito. I but, could see Giolito. But they're not going to trade away um, Dylan Cease or Kopech, yeah. um, for that matter. I think they're going to hang on to them. So – when those guys come back and they're healthy, you know, we'll see. But again, if Mont- if Montgomery or Jordan Hicks or um, yeah, Montgomery or Jordan Hicks or anybody, um, you know, gets traded away for the Cardinals, I mean, if they, if they, I think if Montgomery and Flaherty are both gone, which is a high possibility, then definitely the White Sox finished with the better record because that's admitting that you're punting on the season right right there you're asking Stephen Matz to come back to the to the uh to the rotation you're gonna have to pitch Jake Woodford in the rotation um if you get rid of both Monty and Flaherty which is a very high possibility excuse me but you know only if that happens uh as of as it stands right now I still think the Cardinals you know would make a little run there and get close to 500 but if you punt on the season, you know, by by trading away two of your starting pitchers, for sure, um, White Sox finish it. Yeah. We have currently our best closer, Liam, mm-hmm. um, on the IRL because he was having some inflammation, which doesn't really surprise me. He's He's been away for a while. He just, you know, had cancer. So mm-hmm. can't, you can't be upset about that. But we've got Kopech and he who shall not be named both on the injured list. We don't say that name on here. I, I'm 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 100 <laughs> with you on that. So there you go. <laughs> um, I feel like you're you, you're familiar with what I do when he. Pitches, yes, so. yes, I am very familiar with it, and I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're both on the injured list. We basically just have like Lancelin, who has not been great. He's kind of starting to get it together, but he's still not great. So really, we've got Giolito and Cease. And then, like, Tuki Toussaint now. Yeah. <laughs> who opened. <laughs> right. So, it's been rough. All right. Mm-hmm. So, before you go, I always like to ask mm-hmm. kind of your thoughts for the rest of the season. Like, you know, your team that – or teams that you did not expect were going to be great or teams that you did not expect were going to be this bad and maybe, like, a World <laughs> Series matchup. Or your right. ideal World Series matchup. Oh man, um, let's see. Um, these are good questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Cincinnati being like the team that I thought was going to be bad. Um, you know, I mean, but I mean, that's how it is being in, in, in the NL Central. It's like, oh yeah, Cincinnati—they're always kind of like bad or just like five hundred or whatever. But you know, they really stepped it up this year. Um, they may continue, but losing Hunter Green you know, mm-hmm. doesn't till, till August, you know, that, that hurts a lot. Um, let's see. Uh, I love Arizona. Um, I think that they're fun. Um, it's an, another one of those Cardinals things where a uh, Zach Gallon uh, was traded away and then traded again <laughs> from, but, but um, you know, another, another, you know, front office mishap there from, from the Cardinals was losing Zach Allen, but yeah, Arizona, they got a lot of, of, of young talent. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, you know, the AL central is pretty tepid yeah. <laughs> as, as well. I mean, you got Minnesota at 500 hanging in there. Um, but you know, uh, I expected Minnesota to be a little better and I expected Cleveland to be a little better, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And um, I didn't expect I, – I, I kind of expected everyone to kind of float around 500. I didn't expect the White Sox to kind of fall off the way that they did, though. Um, and, you know, I think that the, obviously the most surprising team for me, obviously I'm talking about them, is the Cardinals. Um, you don't expect them to have 35 wins yeah. in, in July. Um, 
you know, uh, that's two more wins than Colorado. Just put that into a into perspective there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, ideal World Series matchup. Um, I'd say Atlanta for sure. I mean, Atlanta, I, I, I went to the series here in St. Louis. That is a great team. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. I mean, it's funny. I was telling my friend when I went to one of the games, I was like, you know what? I wish the Cardinals were Atlanta. And he goes, what? Like I was some psycho. And I was like, dude, look at how they're built. Mm-hmm. Like, like they are built mainly internally. They traded for a guy that, you know, grew up in Atlanta and now is their star first baseman. I mean, like, like, you know, they gave everyone extensions. They got everybody locked in. Like, wouldn't you want that for any of your teams? You know, uh, I think Atlanta – um, I think Atlanta versus Texas yeah. would be would be a fun World Series. But I love Baltimore. I want Baltimore yes. to make <laughs> I want Baltimore to make some noise. They're my favorite team right now, uh, for sure, just because of all the young talent. Um, and Adley Rutschman is just, I mean, he's That's so bad. I I that can't wait bad. for the home run derby. <laughs> yes. And you know, I wonder, you know. I don't know which side Adley is going to kind of bat from, but uh, um, I think that, you know, it'll be fun to see. I think, I think I've seen videos of him on, on YouTube where he, he hits from the left side. It seems like, you know, he's got, he's got more power there, but um, we'll, we'll see here. You know, I mean, I, I, I want Baltimore to make some noise. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they will. I think they'll be pretty disruptive, but at the end of the day, I think it's Atlanta, Texas, in the world series. It just doesn't seem like anybody can beat Atlanta right now in a, in a five or seven game series. Yeah. So, um, I still think Atlanta, Texas, um, and we'll see (laughs) after that. Uh, I don't have to predict a world series champion here, so I won't, (laughs) but an ideal, (laughs) an ideal good world series for me would be Atlanta, Texas. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, Taylor, thank you a million times for coming on. Uh, Please plug your socials so everyone knows where to find you. I feel like we have a lot of White Sox cards, mutuals between the two of us, but just in case, just in case. Yeah. So uh, I I, I didn't put it in at at the beginning of the, (laughs) I I figured out how to do it around around the middle of the podcast, but that's my at. It's at J-T-S-T-R-E-I-F-F. If I'm not posting about the Cardinals, I'm posting about food since I am in the hospitality industry and uh, I, you know, have a little bit of wanderlust. I guess you could say that Um, I don't travel quite as often as I used to, but what I do, that's kind of all I post about. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed your (laughs) recent travel food wanderlust post right into my day. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's actually, to be honest with you, it's been a while since I've written a blog for Redbird Rants. Um, but Redbird Rants, uh, it's a, you know, uh, it's affiliated with Fansided. Um, and they've got some really, really talented writers there. Um, Robert Murray actually worked with us directly for a couple of years, um, kind of helped put us on the map, um, you know, and, you know, check, check those guys out. You know, I mean, I, I talk to them every day <laughs> of, through the, uh, um, you know, through just through Twitter and the, and the, and the group chat that we've got, um, you know, and I, I try to contribute as much like either humor or knowledge as I can within the group in terms of writing for them. You know, I haven't had a chance to sit down and do anything meaningful in a while, but uh, you know, Josh Jacobs as, as the site expert there, and he's, he's a great um, and, and smart guy. So uh, you know, we've got a good thing going there. So check out Redbird Rants when you can. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, best of luck in this mid-off series. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was uh, somebody sent the screen cap. It was like when the Mets and the Cardinals played last year, it was like some YouTube screen cap. It said two idiots fighting. And I was like, this is kind of, this is kind of reminds me of the same thing. Oh yeah. Great. Two, two of my favorite teams who are both horrible right now. Are about to, are about to play. 
I'm a Mets fan too. And I'm oh. going to city field in like two weeks to see them play the white Sox. And I was like, nobody's going to win this game. It's going to be like one, <laughs> one through right. 11 innings because both are just so abysmal right now. Right. I, I did want, Oh, I, uh, Sunday night baseball. That was actually ended up being a pretty fun game. Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting the Alonzo Homer uh, at the end there, but uh, those were, yeah, guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I can't really speak for the Mets. Uh, I don't follow them all that much. All I know is that they spent a lot of money and uh, have a shortstop who is um, vastly overpaid. And the Cardinals have the same production for about $9 million. <laughs> so. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been yeah. great talking to you, Crystal. And, uh, you know, I'll see you on the Twitterverse. Yes. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye.